I give myself to prayer. It may be a simple statement, but it's very profound. And if you were to look at the first part of that verse, you don't have to go there now, but I just, I'm just i going to tell you that the first part of that verse and the verses that are preceding this verse just explains why the psalmist said what he did. He was saying to God, there are lying tongues about me. People are accusing me. They're, they're making up things, and it's false. And, and uh, he was just saying that there's some deceitfulness going on around me. That he said, but, there was a word before that, that phrase there. He said, but, I give myself to prayer. And that is so significant. That speaks volumes to me. Because instead of retaliating in a way of, I'm going after them, or even getting depressed over it, that was his response. He said, these things are happening around me. This is what's being said about me, but I give myself to prayer. And I believe that what we see here is that this was his, um, this was his regular way of dealing with things, that this was uh, his response that he had learned to be accustomed to. Uh, it was probably his lifestyle. And to have a lifestyle of prayer is developed not just by praying when things are bad. I want you to understand that. A lifestyle of prayer is developed by praying regularly, praying when times are good, when things are going well, not just when things are going bad. And I believe that it's a call that God has on all believers that we would be given to prayer, that we would have a lifestyle of prayer developed. You know, I believe that he has put in each one of his creations, within each one of us, a desire to be connected to our Creator. I believe he's deposited that there. A lot of people want to hide it or haven't really come to full realization of it yet, but I believe that there's a desire in there that he puts for people to be connected. They want to be connected with the Creator. They want to find what is this life all about? Who put me here? Why did they put me here? You know, to be connected with their Creator. And prayer is one of the best ways that we can be connected to our Creator, to God. And that's why I love to pray. That's why I love to pray, not just because of the results that can come, not just because of having answers to prayer, but because of the place that it takes me to in God, where it takes me to. I love to get into that place in prayer where I can connect with the Holy Spirit, where I feel his presence, and where, I just, where it just dawns on me all over again that anything is possible. We can get into that place in prayer where we make that connection. But, you know, we can savor those moments when we get into that place, and sometimes it requires just being quiet before him, that we can, we can find that place with God, and we, we, we realize that we're making that connection with the Holy Spirit, and we can savor those moments and really be in that place of intimacy and be enjoying that intimacy and knowing that God is making himself accessible to us. But we have to remind ourselves that this whole thing, this prayer, Life is not just for me, but it's so that I can pray God's will in this earth. He wants to use each of us to do that. We are his agents in this earth. And so he wants us to be given to prayer. Now, my short definition for prayer is communication with God. Simply communication with God. And anyone can communicate with God by simply talking to him. So prayer really can be easy, talking to God. So if it's that easy, why do we not yield to it more readily? You know, I think that for the most part, we give ourselves to prayer at night. 
most people, you know, pray. We try to teach our children to pray before they go to bed. I know that Rodney and I have made that part of our, our, our routine. We've been doing it for years that we pray together at night before we go to sleep. In fact, we, uh, we make sure that each other stays awake until we have that prayer. Usually it's me, like, usually it's me trying to say, wait, you know, don't go to sleep yet. Don't go to sleep yet. We haven't prayed, you know, only because he wakes up so early in the morning, earlier before I do usually. So. But it's just, I don't know, it's just it's so meaningful to us to come together in that unity and just, and just uh, you know, thank God for what he's been doing and just to present to him whatever is on our hearts to present to him. So, but praying at night and usually folks, you know, will think to pray in the morning if they're um, believers and, you know, thanking God for the day and asking him to be with them. But when we get into that routine of the day, the hecticness of the day, many times we just aren't being prayerful. But that's what I want to remind us that that's when we need God, you know, throughout the day, that we need to be given to prayer all the time, throughout the day. Uh, you know, it's not that we have to just all the, uh, find 15 minutes or 30 minutes uh, if you're busy going here and going there and doing things that you have to find those minutes to pull away and sit down and say, okay, I'm going to pray now. But no, just, just take a second here and there. Sometimes it can be just, God, help me, you know, whatever you're doing. You're in the office or you're in school or your friends or your work, whatever. It can just be, God, help me right now. I need your wisdom right now. Or you see something, you notice something with somebody that they're in a bad place or they need help and just, God help them. Don't just sit there and say, oh, that's a shame. You know, or hear about somebody on the phone and say, oh, that's terrible. I hate that. And then put the phone down and get back to work. Mm -hmm. No, take a second. Take a minute. Be prayerful. Be given to prayer. Be sensitive. God wants to use us. We're on the scene. He puts us on the scene in the places where he wants us to be. And so keep our hearts before him and, and our eyes and ears open at all times. And um, our prayers don't have to be formal, you know, but we just pray heartfelt prayers, praying heartfelt prayers. When we pray more, uh, it's when we pray more that God comes to mean more in our lives. The more we pray to God, the more he comes to mean to us. Actually, my prayer life has enhanced my relationship with God more than anything else. I can just honestly say that. You know, my husband, it seems to be more given to reading the word and prayer doesn't come so easily for him. And it's the other way around for me. Uh, prayer is just so easy and natural for me, and, but I have to really discipline myself to get in the Word. And I realize that we all have these, you know, tendencies or weaknesses or whatever, and that we need to, to realize that God does want to speak to us through His Word. He does want mm -hmm. us to speak to Him, you know, through prayer. And He will speak back to us through His Word and through prayer. But, but it's, all, it's all part of this Christian walk, and we don't need to leave out any part of it. I want to address a few types of prayer quickly. Um, uh, for the most part, I believe our communication with God has to do with our presenting a list to Him of things that we or our family needs or wants. And sometimes we, we realize that this is the only time we're talking to Him. Has it ever dawned on you and you think, oh no, that's, that's the only time God's hearing from me is when I'm telling Him what I want or what I need, you know? And it really, we, he wants to hear from us more than just to hear what we need. Um, but we, we don't need to feel badly about presenting to him our petitions. Uh, because the, he tells us that we can do that. In fact, in uh, Philippians 4, 6 through 7, it says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. Let your request be made known unto God. 
sometimes I, I feel like he's saying, go ahead and tell me, go ahead and get that, you know, off your chest, whatever's bothering you right now, you know, get that, and then we're going to get into other areas of prayer, you know, whatever. But, so he doesn't mind that we make these requests known unto him. Um, but this, but this, so those kinds of prayers really are, can be referred to as prayers of petition, our needs, our wants, those kind of things we're presenting to him. Uh, but the scripture there that I just read indicates that we are to, uh, to give our prayers with thanksgiving. So there are, we could label these prayers as prayers of thanksgiving refer to them as prayers of thanksgiving when we take time to just thank God, just express our gratitude to him for what he's done and who he is, you know? Um, and this, this is so good for us because it puts us in remembrance of our blessings, you know? And sometimes I just do it over and over. I've, I've still not stopped thanking God for just the apartment that he's provided for us. You know, that he actually brought us across the ocean, provided a place for us, with a big basement where I could put all my things that I've had in storage for the last seven years right under my nose, and I'm not living out of a suitcase for the first time in about 10 years. And it's like every day I'm saying, thank you, Father. I look around. You know, it's not a huge place, but it's comfortable and just right for us right now. And I'm just so thankful, and I keep telling him that. And, you know, as a father, I know that that's blessing him. You know, as a father, aren't you blessed when your children tell you, Thank you, Dad. Mm -hmm. yeah, thank you, Mom. You know, you, you give them some sweets, and they keep coming back and asking, give me some more. I want some more sweets. You don't want to keep giving it if they're not going to be, you know, you didn't thank me the last time. Sometimes mm -hmm. I feel like God's, that is, uh, thinking is, but you haven't seemed to be appreciative of what I've done for you thus far, mm -hmm. you know. Great. And so we just need to be mindful. The word tells us in Psalm 104, enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name. We can also communicate our love and high regard for him, which could be referred to as prayers of adoration. Prayers of adoration. And prayers of adoration could go something like this, where you say, God, you are just so awesome. I adore you. You mean so much to me. But let it be heartfelt again. Don't ever let it just be a ritual. You know, and just, like I said, many times it's just, it's getting before him and not, not trying to say, okay, I got to do it this way, I got to do it that way. But just, you know, when you're quiet before him, the, the, the Holy Spirit who lives in us will begin to, to minister to you and minister through you and just put you in remembrance of, of things that you want to, to thank him for, to bless him for, to, to ask him for. So, you know, it, it's, it's, it doesn't have to be a hard thing. It's just really getting to know your Father and being in His presence. Um, I actually like to start with a kind of prayer around thanking God and, and, and telling Him how much He means to me rather than just starting to ask Him for things rather before I get into the gimme part of prayer. You know? <laughs> I know Kenneth Hagin used to say, don't be like the little boy whose name is Jimmy who goes to God and says, Hi, God, my name is Jimmy and I'll take all you gimme. He'd you know, say, no, just, you know, show some respect to God and um, honor, give him honor because honor is due him. And I just found that for me, when I, when I approach God in a worshipful way, mm -hmm. with humility and adoration, that it just sets me in a place where, where I feel that I'm ready to, to make my petitions known to him, you know. But we also need to be mindful that we're not intending to butter him up, so to speak. You know what I mean? That we're not just saying, oh God. You know what I mean by that is 
When you were a kid, did you used to go to mom and say, oh, mom, you're so pretty, and you're so sweet, or daddy, you're so strong, and, and you're so, you know, all this, and your parent says, yes, and what is it that you want? That's <laughs> <laughs> how we would butter them up, because we wanted something from them, you know, and so... Um, don't be that way with God, you know, that, that you're, you're saying all these great things about him because, you're, because you're, you, want it, you want something in return. No, you know, you do it because he's worthy of it. That's why we're worshiping him and adoring him. And then there's the prayer of intercession, which is actually my favorite prayer, which is made on behalf of someone or someone's. You as an intercessor take a stand for another, intervening for them before God. And this is what Abraham did. Remember in the word when he went before God on behalf of the city of Sodom. And he, he started by saying, God, would you not just save that city if, if there were 50 righteous people there? And God said, okay, I'll do that. And then, and then he said, well, but what if there's just 40 righteous? God, would you still do that? I said, okay. And he kept going down because I don't think he, he, he probably didn't think there was but a handful, you know, hardly anybody there that was that really would be righteous. But anyway, he kept going before God on behalf of that, trying to save the city, you know. And so that's kind of the way it is with intercession. Interceding is actually taking on the ministry of Jesus. I want to keep that in mind because Jesus is the great intercessor. The Bible tells us in Hebrews 7.25, Therefore he is also able to save to the uttermost. Jesus is able to save to the uttermost those who come to God through him, since he always lives to make intercession for them. Jesus is sitting at the right hand of the Father, making intercession for you and me. Isn't that awesome? Somebody, even if nobody else is, somebody. Jesus, our Savior, our Lord and Savior, is making intercession for us because he wants us to make it through this life, and he wants us to make intercession on behalf of others. And I want to just... Um, let me just stress this, that the Holy Spirit through us mediates between the person uh, we are praying for and God when we're interceding. Let me demonstrate this. And I'm going to just bring a couple of people up here. And I was thinking about it. Jonathan, would you mind coming up? I'm just gonna, you don't have to do anything. Just stand here. Just take a second. I'm going to, in this demonstration, I'm going to be praying for Jonathan. Okay? And I'm going to ask his dad to come and stand. Uh, why don't you stand right here? And I, well, you stand right here, Dad, this there right here. Now, I know you're his dad, but in this illustration, I want you to be God the Father, okay? okay. Be his heavenly Father. Okay. Okay, so I just really feel, this is in the illustration, I just really feel to pray for Jonathan. And I'm just, I know it's intercession, I just, I feel a burden to do this, and I just want, and so I'm coming kind of for you. God, Father, in, Father God, in, in Jesus' name, I just want to pray for my, my brother Jonathan. You know, he's getting ready to take some tests, they're very important. Damn, he studies so hard. Well, actually, last night he didn't get to because he had some company come over. But he, it was unexpected, and he didn't, you know, and it didn't mean to, but he did the best he could. He did the best he could. And so I'm just asking you that you'll help him, that your spirit will help him to, to, to bring to remembrance what he studied and, and just that he won't be nervous and just help him with that and give him favor and, because it's very important that he makes it through this test. And, and I really believe that he's got the right heart and the right attitude about it. So I just ask you that just to do that and help him. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. So that's just an example of intercession, you know. Not that he can't pray himself, but it's, it's something I want to do on his behalf because I know this is important for him. Okay, you can be seated, but you can stay here, please. Okay, so also there's times in prayer where we take that stand before someone and the enemy. 
So, right, which you can. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, really there is just one Satan in the world, but he has many cohorts. There's many devils, demons. Okay, well, it's good that you're standing at a distance. I don't like to get too close to you, but <laughs> I'm willing to do this now. Okay, in this instance, I'm, I'm praying for his health, okay? So, in the name of Jesus, I take drama how there was a great illustrations of how this woman really came into intercession for her husband and her and her family and God put the family back together. Anyway, I'll never I want to give a couple of, of just exam, um, illustrations, examples of what are testimonies. Testimonies of intercession, how how God used intercession in my life. About year two thousand I think it was, Rodney was really very ill and um, he we took him to the emergency room. We were living in Georgia. And uh, he was, his kidneys were in really bad shape. We didn't know what, how, how bad it was. But he, he came through the emergency room, and he was admitted immediately into uh, a private room. And that night, I, could, I just began to see how serious of an issue we were dealing with. And so he was sleeping. I mean, the Nichols had been there for a while. They left. And it was just me alone in the room. And, and I can remember just going before the Lord and just being very serious, heartfelt just making intercession on his behalf. He wasn't able to do it for himself at that time. He was just pretty much out of it, heavily medicated. And I just began to make intercession and just saying, God, you brought me this man, and I'm planning on keeping him. And I'm asking you, Father God, to just touch him. I'm thanking you that, that you give him to me, and I, I choose him, and I just, I need him, God. I want him, and I need him, and I family needs him. I began to pray to the Father like that. And then I also dealt with the enemy. He said, get your hands off my husband in Jesus' name. Well, by morning, uh, it, actually the conditions seemed worse. And they, his blood pressure shot through the roof. And they took him into have emergency dialysis. And um, he got on the dialysis machine and still was a little bit out of it. And uh, they, led, they let me get back into the room. The doctor said I could go back and talk to him for a minute. And as I went to, to him, this scripture really came into my spirit. Where uh, in Deuteronomy 30, 19, God said, I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that both you and your seed, your descendants, may live. And so I just knew immediately what to do. And I went over to him and I took his hand and I said, Rodney, say this. Say, I choose life. And he was kind of upset. I choose life. And then, and then I took it to another level, to another step. And I remember in the New Testament where uh, Jesus said, The thief is coming to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come that you might be alive. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So now I say, I choose life abundantly. He said, I choose life abundantly. I said, Good. There. There you go. We got it. And I walked out of the room. That was it. And I left him to God. I just said, God is yours, you know. And uh, he did. He recovered, and you know he's 
He just really recovered. And that's it. He's been healthy ever since, hasn't had any of those issues. And we just thank God for that recovery. But, and then another, um, another instance that came to my mind as I was preparing this was what happened to me with my mom. I won't tell you the whole story. It's an interesting story. I need to actually write a book about it. Cause, but um, she, when she was in the hospital for, uh, she was having chemotherapy, and, which was really about to do her in, the chemotherapy. And um, the night, there was one night uh, in the hospital where they, were, they predicted that she would die that night. And the doctors and the nurses were preparing me for that. And so Minda decided to spend the night with me in the room. And we were just praying in the room all through the night. And I'd look at mom and, you know, I'd had some nursing training and I'd been a nurse for a while years ago. And uh, I knew the signs. And looking at my mom, that's, that's the direction she was going in. I could see it all, all over her. And I was just praying for her. And, uh, and then I, I walked over and I was praying. I just looked up, I looked up in the corner of the room. And it was interesting. I, I had a vision. It wasn't like I could see, literally, like I'm seeing you in the natural. But I could see this, like in the spirit. And I could see Jesus standing there with his arms like this. And it was, what it was speaking to me was like he was prepared to receive her. And I really believe that it was a gift of faith that God dropped in my spirit. Because I took a stand and I said, God, can heaven just wait? Can heaven just wait? And that's what came out of my spirit. I want you to know my mom turned around. That morning, she turned around. We had folks from church that came. We sang around her bed, and it, she went home. She went home shortly after that. And we, she did pass away a few months later, but we had a glorious time those last few months. It was much better passing than it would have been in that hospital room. We had time with her. I mean, the Nichols would come over, and especially that last week with her, we would gather around her chair, and we'd, she, she chose not to have any more uh, medication, any more um, chemotherapy after that, and we, we knew that she was slipping away, and she knew she was slipping away, but there was a, it was a joyous celebration, and we had time to pray, to sing around her, to pray, and, um, and she was totally prepared when she left. It was a, a beautiful homegoing that maybe I can tell you that story someday. But when you get in that place of intercession, the Holy Spirit will lead you, and there can be mighty results. So we need to learn to be intercessors. One time, when I was, one time when I was ministering on, on uh, prayer, I felt like the Lord told me to ask the people that I was talking to. So ask them if they feel that their, their voices are being heard in the heavenlies, if their voices are detected in the atmosphere. In other words, like, do the angels, do the demons, do they hear? Like, for instance, I was thinking about this, Anna, when Anna gets on her knees to pray, which I'm sure she does from time to time. When she gets on her knees to pray, and she begins, she lifts her voice to pray. I am certain that her voice is heard in the heavens, that the angels would say, I mean, I'm just imagining this, I wouldn't be surprised if the angels would say, oh good, Anna's praying again, that means we get to do something, that we, you know, we're going to get an assignment from God, God's going to release us here now, we're going to get ready to go do something, you know. We're going to, you know, something's going to happen, you know. And then also the enemy. Is her voice being heard by the enemy? I am certain. I am certain. And he starts to shake, to shiver. 
Like, oh no, she, that Anna woman's praying again. Oh no, my plans are being thwarted. I have to throw them down. I have to quit. You know, I have to leave because Anna took a place in prayer. And she's trusting God. That she's, she's releasing her faith. She's, she's speaking victory. She doesn't shudder. She's strong in her faith. And so I'm telling you, these things happen in the spirit realm. These things happen in the spirit realm. And you know what? They transpire in the spirit realm before it happens in the natural. That's why we need to give ourselves to prayer. You know, sometimes it may feel like nothing's happening, but believe me, it is. Things are transpiring. We can't always see them, but preparations are being made. Uh, Chains are falling off. Don't give up for those that you're praying for. People that you're praying for, don't give up praying for them. Another way of describing intercession is that you're standing in the gap for someone. A gap is an opening, an opening. And so we take opportunity to get into that place, get into that place of prayer. You see that opportunity time after time with people you work with, wherever you go. You see that need. There's so many people that don't know how to pray for themselves. It's like they're helpless, you know? But you see that opening. So get into that place. Stand in that gap for them. You may be the only one. God needs you. He needs me to do these things. He's placed us here to do this. In Ezekiel 22:30, God said, So I sought for a man among them who would make a wall. Another translation says that they would make a hedge and stand in the gap before me on behalf of the land that I should not destroy. But God said, But I found no one. God said, I found no one. He said, I was looking for someone to stand in that gap. And it's, I think that what, it's, what we can gather from that is that the results would have been different had he been able to find someone. That would have been a different outcome. Even in Isaiah 59, 16, he said, he saw that there was no man, and he wondered that there was no intercessor. God himself wondered why there was no intercessor. No one that was willing to take that stand and pray on behalf of the land. When he, when he talks about land and nations, he's talking about the Bible's referring to people. God loves people. And he wants us to take that place, stand in the gap, make up the hedge, and pray for the people. Intercede for the land. Intercede for the city. Where he's planted us. Yeah, he wants us to flourish. He wants us to prosper. He wants us to have to do well. But he wants us to take responsibility of where he's planted us. Take responsibility for the city, for the area, because obviously he's calling us into the area of the city. And folks, when we walk out of here, just out of here, there are so many people. Here and there, they may be hidden, they may wherever, but so many people that are in such need, that are homeless, that are helpless. I mean, the... Faraday's are so aware of this and having been uh, you know, ministering to the people such as this for, for years now. People that are sick, that are dying, that don't know who to call on, that have no one to call on, that, are, that probably wonder from time to time, does anybody know I'm here? Does anybody know my name? You know, they feel so lost. They feel burdened. They feel they're fearful. Um, probably haven't had a hug in years. You know, think about that. We get hugs. We can get hugs anytime we want them from each other. There's people out there that don't get hugs. They don't get food. They don't get 
their nourishment, their sustenance. They don't get, they have no relationships. They have no church body to relate to yet, to where they can be nurtured. We need to let these things, be aware of these things, and know that they're on God's heart. God sees them even if we can't see them. And we get in that place of prayer and take responsibility for the place that where he's planted us. We will begin to, to be more diligent in praying for those, for those needs, for those people. And I believe that is so much on God's heart for this church body. He will, he will reveal to us what he'd like for us to pray about. You know, when you got saved, most likely somebody was praying for you. Most likely someone, God had it on someone's heart to pray for you to get saved. And so we need to be praying for those that are yet to come into the kingdom. There's some that, that have just strayed from God or they've gotten out of fellowship. There's others that have never really known him. And so let's be prayerful for them. Uh, and there's a scripture in 1 Thessalonians 5.17 that says, simply says, pray without ceasing. And, and you've probably asked yourself this before. How can, in the world can I pray without ceasing? I cannot do that because I have to be talking to people throughout the day and giving myself to other things. But I really think that scripture means just have a prayerful attitude yeah. all day. Just be available to the Holy Spirit to pray at all times. You know, on the, on the job, you may, rec you may see somebody that's having a really hard time. Just take a moment and say, God, help him. Help him through that. And help me with my attitude right now. Help me not to hold such and such against him. You know, or if people, you know, outside of your, your work arena, even when you're driving down the street and you see people walking on the street, begin to pray for them. I'm just saying, you know, we get so caught up on our, what we're focused on, where we've got to go next, what we've got to do next. But just, if you'll, if you'll just say, God, I just want to be available. Mm -hmm. Just open my eyes and help me not be so caught up in myself all the time. But to realize what's, why I'm here, you know. Yeah. I'm, I'm yours. I want to be used by you. So you, he will bring to your attention people on the street, people in the restaurant. And they're not always the down and out ones. It's somebody, you're, you, they catch your eye, you know, and you just start praying in the spirit under your tongue or you can just say something simple, God, God, help that person, you know, whatever they're dealing with, help them. Sometimes I'll say, if they don't know you, God, I pray that you'll bring somebody across their path. And sometimes I'll say, God, help them. I pray that they'll make heaven and miss hell. Amen. <laughs> you know? And uh, sometimes I'll be in a restaurant and I'll see people don't even know them at all. And I'll have such, my heart some, just starts to feel love. I'll just start feeling some compassion or love for them. Don't know who in the world they are. It doesn't necessarily mean I have to go up to them. Sometimes I may just have a short word with them. But, but I know that God is just letting me feel something of what he feels for them. Mm -hmm. And that I need to respond mm -hmm. somehow. How can I respond? I can pray for them. Because we have that ability. We are not those that are without any ability. To, we can help people through our prayers. I sometimes yeah. tell people, you know, your prayers can go across the world. They can go across the city. They yeah. can go across the street. You can help people without even being in their presence. Amen. You can pray. Amen. We can always pray. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 14, 15, I will pray with the Spirit and I will also pray with the understanding, which is saying, sometimes I'll pray in my earthly language, which is English, that's my known language. You may know a few other languages that you can pray in with your understanding. 
But Paul is saying, I'll also pray in the Spirit, which is saying, the, uh, I will pray. Uh, the Bible refers to praying in the Spirit with tongues. We refer to that heavenly language that Jesus gives us when he baptizes us with the Holy Spirit as our spiritual language or being able to pray in tongues, which is free for any believer as, we, as Jesus baptizes us with the Holy Spirit. And I, I love, I love praying. I think it's the most amazing thing that we have that ability. Yes. I mean, just a couple of days ago, I went up to Rodney and I said, isn't it? It's kind of strange that I can just open my mouth and begin to pray for release times because to, it's, it's the Holy Spirit that's connected with my spirit. You know, and I like to think of it as the perfect prayer because it's bypassing my mind right. and it's coming out of my spirit. The Holy Spirit's given me the option. You know, he's given me what to say. But it's my time. It, but to me, it's like the perfect prayer because I don't have to understand it all, but God understands because he's given that language. He's given that heavenly language. And if it's by the Spirit, given to you by the Holy Spirit, then you know that something is being transpired in the Spirit. There's some kind of something that's going to be, uh, be the result of your praying in the Spirit. Many times I don't know what I should pray for, how to pray. My English is limited. For instance, um, the monies that come to church here from time to time, uh, her, Yvonne, her brother, has been in ICU. I haven't gotten a recent report, but uh, I, didn't, I was just asked to pray for her. So I, I didn't know the particulars. I didn't know everything they're dealing with. I don't know what else is going on. I said, Yvonne, I'm praying for you. She said, thank you. She sent me a message. She said, thank you. So I just pray in the Spirit because I, I can only think of so many things in English. God knows all the particulars of that situation. You know, and so that's why I'll, we need to kick into the praying in the spirit uh, from time to time, and, and especially when you you prayed all you know what to say in English. I often pray in the spirit for the government because I don't know all those things that are going on, and you know, in the White House and all the deals with the nations and all that. I, there's some things that I will pray for. God says I want you to pray. In the Word, he says that we should pray for those in authority. Yeah. Yeah. Not just the government, but authority, you know, local authority, church yes. authority, those he's put before us, and um, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life. That's what he says in his Word. So pray in the Spirit. You know, you can't go wrong by doing that. Sometimes I find myself just making that shift. I'll start in English, and I'll just make the shift into tongues. It's just a natural thing, even without thinking sometimes, because you become accustomed to it the more and more you pray. You know, the Holy Spirit is really into prayer. He is our prayer partner. I mean, he is really into prayer. And uh, like I said, I love to make that connection with him because praying can be exciting when you connect with the Holy Spirit. You know, you can just see praying the way you normally would just, you know, just in a quiet, peaceful way, and all of a sudden you just want to put an up in your prayer mm -hmm. because the Holy Spirit's stirring you up and you just begin to feel that, oh, wow, you know, you may not know a clue what you're praying about necessarily, but you just, there's an excitement, there's just things that you need to get a little more, you know, maybe loud or whatever, and you just want to release it. It's like the Holy Spirit's moving, and you, it's a situation you're praying about. May you have more of a serious tone about it. Mm -hmm. There may be times that I'm just more quiet in my prayer because the Holy Spirit is, it has, you know, the Holy Spirit has a real tender side. He has emotions. You know, and those emotions work through us. And we may find ourselves beginning to weep because of something that's very tender to God and the Holy Spirit. And he's praying through us, even through our tears. Sometimes my hands, my body gets involved. 
You know, I just find myself wanting to, I don't know, like a chopping thing or digging up something or pulling down something or taking, taking ground for something, you know, like this. And I don't even really know what's happening, but I know um, there's a prophetic word then. In Jeremiah 1.10, where God said to Jeremiah, See, I have set, you, have set you this day over nations and kingdoms to pluck up, to break down, to destroy, to overthrow, to build, and to plant. So who knows but what we're doing some of that when we're praying and interceding. And it just makes sense to me that if, if the three parts that I am, spirit, soul, and body, whatever's going on in my spirit, it makes sense to me that my body gets involved sometimes. Mm-hmm. And I just get, you know... Uh, I feel sorry for my husband sometimes. I, have, I know someone that wrote a book called Help, I'm Married to an Intercessor. <laughs> sometimes I think that Rodney feels that way because he'll often say, what, what did you say? I said, I'm talking to God. And he said, oh, okay. You know, he's just, and he'll be in the bed and I'll wake him up and he, he just, oh, it's just needed. She's just praying. He'll go back to sleep, you know, whatever. But, um, but just be given to the Holy Spirit. Um, uh, you know, God, is, it's, it's exciting, like I said. Our prayers uh, may, may be long or they may be short. It's not long prayers that gets the job done. It's believing God that gets the job done. Yeah, and we're all familiar with the Scripture. I'm, I'm just trying to hurry here. We're all familiar with the Scripture in James 5, 16, which says, The effective fervent prayer of a righteous man, that's you and me, avails much. And uh, you can look that up in different translations. It's just awesome, the different... The different expressions of that. Um, one translation says that the prayers of a righteous man exerts a mighty influence. And that disturbs me all the more to want to pray so I can exert a mighty influence, that my prayers can exert a mighty influence. Yes. Yeah. Um, the word fervent there, this, let me give you some synonyms for fervent. The fervent pr- uh, prayer of a righteous man, some synonyms ardent, eager, enthusiastic, passionate, and zealous. Yeah. That's the type of prayers that we are to pray whether it be in tongues or with our known language, whether we're travailing or verbalizing heartfelt prayers, heartfelt desires, be passionate. If you're going to pray, pray passionately. Don't just, uh, okay, I've done it. No, be passionate. And if people ask you to pray for them and you commit to do it, remember to do it. I usually like to do it right away if I, so that I won't forget. So no matter what you're praying for, be passionate. Um, if you're praying for, you know, Think of it as this could be my, as if it's my brother, my own brother, my own sister, whatever, you know, um, because uh, then you might feel more passionately about it. It's somebody's brother, somebody's sister, whatever. <laughs> but, and when you pray, begin, practice praying for the news. Start, do that from time to time, and then it becomes more of a, a, a lifestyle as well, you know, particularly, uh, you probably got involved with praying for the school, uh, concerning the school shooting in Florida a few days ago. You know, those families, we, we can't even imagine what those families are feeling, but get in a place of prayer for them, an intercession for them, and uh, realize that those are the moms, the dads, the brothers and sisters that, are, that have lost loved ones and that have the, um, all those horrific things that have been happening. And so uh, I encourage you to pray for the news because there's always something in the news that needs to be prayed. When you hear about something, don't just... It's something that really needs prayer. Just don't say, oh, that's terrible. You know, but do something about it. You can do something about it. Yeah. When you hear a siren, what does it make you want to do? Just go in one ear out the other? Or do you say, oh, somebody's in need. Begin to pray in the spirit. Somebody's hurting. Somebody needs help. 
Okay, we can do something about it. Amen. We want our prayers, let me give you this one thing to remember. We want our prayers to be based on God's word rather than on our own, our, our own ideas and our own opinions. Pray what we think can be referred to as witchcraft prayers because it can be controlling. Witchcraft, you know, controls. Mm -hmm. And that type of prayer can be controlling. What I mean by that is like, be, be cautious not to pray things like, God, help, the, help him to see that he needs to marry her because <laughs> that's probably as good a girl he'll ever get, you know, or something like that. It, we put our own thinking in it. Mm -hmm. Or show him that he just needs to get out of the ministry. God, yeah. I'm praying that because I think he's missed his call, whatever. Let God be the one that, that says. Let God be the one that decides. God has ordained certain things, and we want to pray God's will and not yes. what we think because we can yeah. miss it big as day. So we just say, God, I come before you, and I just pray your will be done in that situation. Whatever you want, whatever you desire, you know, God. And, um, and, and then I want to encourage you that when you pray, don't do all the talking. It's important. Value your time with God and give him an opportunity. I saw a YouTube, a cute little YouTube thing one time where some people were acting out their, their time with God and, this, this fellow comes in and he's got an appointment with Jesus. So he puts his chair up, uh, up to the table and he has Jesus sitting on the other side of the table and he starts praying about all these things. He said, Jesus, I need this and this. And he, he prays about everything from A to Z, including his neighbor's dog and, you know, that he can get a parking place at the mall and just, you know, all, that, he, that he won't get fat and all these things. You know, so he's praying all this stuff. And then he says, oh, oh, gotta go. Sorry, sorry, Jesus. I'll catch you here tomorrow, same time, same place. Bye. And he's in and out just like that, you know. And Jesus in this in this drama, Jesus is going, wait, 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 I wanted to say something to you, you know, and you just kind of get the picture that Jesus is wanting to respond, you know, so we're missing out. Prayer can be a two-way thing. And so God says in his word, be still and know that I am God. So it takes being still and being before him. Give him that opportunity. You'll learn to hear the voice of God. You'll learn to hear it. Sometimes it's loud, sometimes it's soft and gentle and sometimes it's a little more direct but you'll learn you'll learn it because he's your shepherd and you're his sheep and he we the word says we hear his voice i had some guidelines that i don't have a chance to get into today but when you come to prayer at our house on the 28th when we pray together corporately we want to give some guidelines that would just be helpful for us to know how to better work together in a prayer time and um, we don't want to be timid we want we want we want god to um ignite our hearts for prayer because as Paul mentioned already he said in his word actually I know he said in Isaiah 56 7 for my house shall be called a house of prayer for all people and that's what he wants us to be a house of prayer corporately and individually that we are houses of prayer and so um, we we just let me the last thing I want to say and we just say this is that the need for prayer never ends. There will always be a need for prayer. And so we need to always keep our commitment with the Holy Spirit that we will always be available. Day and night, day and night, whenever he wants to show us something, reveal something to us, that he can count on us. Because I know that he looks and he looks and he wants the heart that he can give an unction to pray, somebody pray for something. And when I say day and night, it may be that you wake up in the middle of the night and you don't know why you're awake, just start praying. Because yes. it could be that somebody across the world is in really need right now. And you may not know who they are, where they are, what they're going through. 
one time God really began to show me that in the middle of the night. He gave me the whole picture of a village and everything I was praying about. Very unusual, though. But just pray. If you're in doubt, pray. It won't hurt, okay? And so day or night, being available, keeping our commitment to the Holy Spirit that we will be available. And I really believe that if we're faithful to God, if we respond to God like that, then he'll make sure that when we're in that place of need, that he'll have somebody that will step up and pray for us. Yeah. Yeah. So remember that your prayer changes things yeah. and that we should be, that we want to give ourselves more and more to prayer mm -hmm. for the sake of the kingdom. Amen. Amen. Thanks. Amen. Nita. Um, so why don't I ask, I'd like for Nita to pray for us, and, um, and let's just trust God, ask God for a, for, with regards to the things that we just heard, for our prayer life and um, experience to go to another level. How's that sound? Yeah. Yeah. I think that would be good. So would you mind just yeah. praying for yeah. us as a church community yeah. in that regard? Okay, Father, we... We know that you have called us together, and we know your desires are strong, God. You have strong desires. And we have a strong desire within, within each of us that's opening up more and more, God. We ask you now, I ask you on behalf of these people, I ask that you would ignite our hearts for prayer, that you would stir us, stir us in our innermost hearts to realize that we can respond to this unction that your Holy Spirit will give us. It will open our eyes to the needs around us. Yes, that we, can, we have a physical way of helping to meet needs, but we have a way in the Spirit that we can meet needs too by just praying, interceding, standing in that place. So, mm -hmm. Father, I ask that you would, by your Spirit, do a greater work inside of us in the innermost parts. Stir us, ignite us that we'll be more given to this. Remind us, Holy Spirit. I ask, we need you to be that partner for us. I thank you that, that you are. And I pray, and Holy Spirit, I think you're not going to give up on us. That, that we will, we give our, we make commitments to you even now. If you feel to, to make a greater commitment, I just, just do that right now before the Lord. Just make a greater a commitment to give yourself more to prayer and that you would respond to the Holy Spirit when you feel him weighing on you. Just answer that to God right now. Answer that call answer, and make whatever commitment that you feel he's asking you to make. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Father, for equipping us. We thank you ahead of time for the results. We realize that there's a sacrifice involved, but there isn't everything, God, but you made the greater sacrifice. And so for, for the sake of the, for the, of the kingdom, we give ourselves and we give ourselves in this way in prayer. We thank you for reminding us time and time again until we uh, are more, until we are quicker to give ourselves to do it. Lead us in the paths. Take us to the places. Take us into those places. I ask that you take us into places where we've not been before, in spheres of prayer, in arenas of prayer where we've never been, God. And reveal things to us. Reveal your secrets to us. Things more that you want us to be giving ourselves to prayer about. We thank you, God, for this call and we respond in the Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen.